and welcome back to Self Made Mastery. How are you doing? I am your host, Adrian Finch, and this is episode number 70. It's okay to not be okay, a mental health check-in, and how to stay optimistic during a tough time. Now, today I am welcoming back former professional baseball player, current professional poker player, and my dear friend, David Oppenheim, back on the show. I had him on the show about a year ago, and you guys actually really loved his insight and what he had to say about staying motivated, being level-headed, how to deal with toxic people and burnout and more. We've always related a lot in terms of kind of our spirituality and our just our sense of the world and questioning things all the time and kind of just having this zoomed out look at people and what happens in our mindsets. And I've always just really gotten on well with him on topics like that. But today's episode will be a little bit different because today David is going to be opening up actually about his mental health journey and his experience going from a generally mentally stable guy to battling an intense and unexpected mental health issue that erupted out of literally what felt like nowhere. So, you know, he has just recently been experiencing something huge and it came out of nowhere and he actually approached me wanting to come on the show and talk to you guys about what to do when stuff like this happens. When you're doing fine, you're sailing through life and some unexpected road bump and more particularly um, potentially a mental health issue or struggle or illness uh, pops up and how to really stay optimistic during that time. Um, so he's going to touch on the importance of seeking help when you need it. Basically the fact that it's okay to not be okay and that there are people and resources out there who can help, um, and that it doesn't define you, right? It doesn't say that you are no longer this stable person, that you are no longer able or equipped to handle life's challenges. No, we all go through struggles like this. So he's going to touch on how to stay optimistic when something like that happens and during a tough time like this, like 2020 with COVID and quarantine and all of that. And also, lastly, how being vulnerable has helped him overcome his struggles and begin to actually help others who are experiencing similar issues. So today's episode is very powerful. Um, I think it's super awesome to hear someone's unique raw perspective on you know facing something like this head on out of nowhere and kind of what went through his head and and what he did to overcome it and I think it can be applicable to a lot of things that happen in our lives. I do want to give a little disclaimer and a trigger warning for any of you out there that today we are going to be talking about mental health issues, specifically panic attacks, depression, anxiety, and things like that. And if you or anyone you know is distressed or in need of support, you can always text the word hello to 741741 to be connected to a live crisis text line counselor for free and confidential. And I'll also leave other mental health resources down below. So without further ado, we're going to get on into episode number 70. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Self-Made Mastery Podcast, your ultimate guide to total transformation. I'm your host, Adrian Finch, and I believe wholeheartedly that anyone from any background can create and live their dream life. And the best part is, you only need one thing to start, your mind. So join me here every Wednesday on this transformative journey to master your mindset and unlock your greatest potential. Let's go. Welcome back to Self-Made Mastery. My name is Adrian Finch and I am your host. And as always, I want to say congratulations to you for taking that step, for pushing play, for choosing to be here. Because by doing so, you have committed to this wonderful journey to master your mindset and transform your life. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I am so excited for upcoming episodes. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere where you get your podcasts. Now, before we roll the interview with David, it is time for One Step Closer to Mindset Mastery. And today's quote is, vulnerability equals ability. Now, I thought this was very relevant to today's episode. As humans, sometimes being open and honest and vulnerable about how we feel is one of the scarier things to do, right? But keeping things inside and bottling them up can unfortunately create enough baggage sometimes to weigh really heavy on even the strongest of minds and sometimes can even incapacitate them. I know that I have experienced that before. But if we can begin to allow ourselves to be vulnerable and to open up to those close to us about our truths and what is really going on in our lives, then our need for attention or our need to be liked or our need to kind of be perfect or put up any of these facades that we may put up fades away and we don't feel like we need to do that anymore. And in fact, not only does it feel like just a breath of fresh air, a sigh of relief, um, but 
In fact, this butterfly effect can actually happen where many people may even begin opening up to you about their issues. And it's amazing overall what can come of sharing our truth, right? There's a lot of ability in vulnerability. You never know what it'll lead to and just how amazing you will feel and how it will affect other people. So with that, you are now one step closer to mindset mastery. So let's go ahead and roll the interview with David. All right. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special guest, as I mentioned, with me today. Hello, David Oppenheim. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me on the pod. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's really good to have you. Spreading some knowledge. Yeah, I'm super happy. Our last episode was definitely very popular. Um, So it's good to have you back. And if you guys didn't know, David was on the podcast a few months. I mean, when was that? Must have been like six months ago. ago. Oh, a year ago. ago. Okay. Yeah, a while ago. Yeah, so I think, it was like, I think it was like October of October of last year. Okay, so. you must be right. Time is flying by. Yeah, I don't stay quarantine. All the months are uh, blending together. Oh, I so. know. We're in a time warp. I don't know what year it is, what day it is ever anymore. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. Last time David was on the podcast, we talked a lot about burnout and like how to stay motivated when you are burnt out. We also talked about toxic people and friendships and kind of how to like recognize when you might need to cut some of those loose um, and how to do that because it's tough. And I think that was a very helpful episode. And I think this episode is going to be different, a little bit different. Um, and it's largely coming from a place cool. of of you being a generally very mentally stable human, right? You have been kind of your whole life. Uh, You have a really good level head on your shoulders. I feel like you're equipped to handle a lot of shit that comes your way. And now that doesn't mean that you've never had, you know, any insecurities or struggles or felt shitty. Or I know we were talking about, you know, you've had a little bit of um, ADHD. I have too. I do too. And a little bit of anxiety here and there, which same with me. But, you know, it's always, it's on a spectrum. You've been very stable, very um, just mentally tough, I feel like. And you had to for, for your job, for your sport as well. Um, but never in my mind were you someone who like struggled mentally or with mental health issues. So I want to take it back for a second so that the listeners can really get a feel for like kind of this, what happened, this transition. So I would say, how would you describe yourself like before COVID, before quarantine, what was your life? What were you up to and, and kind of what was your lifestyle? And I know you had just moved and then what happened when COVID hit and you know, you started isolating, like where were you? What happened? What was that like? Let's take it back for a second. Yeah, so I mean, just to describe myself, I guess, uh, like especially during baseball and whatnot, like I would say that on the spectrum of people who are anxious before games, not anxious, you know, like the typical butterflies, like the normal shit that everybody gets, you know, mm-hmm. I would be more towards the spectrum of people who are anxious, but it was never an issue, you know, like I once first pitch started like I'd be fine you know it's just like you know you're you're putting your hand on your heart for that anthem and you're like you know it's it's go time like I mm-hmm. feel like I would get decently nervous and like you know I, I I still do like have ADD it's a lot more uh controlled now but uh in general like it was never a huge deal I was never yeah. great at school but you know I had had my strengths and weaknesses you know but uh yeah so like before covid like things were pretty good you know i was traveling a lot like going to different festivals and whatnot and like uh poker was going great uh i was like kind of going away and then coming home and like i was really in a mentally good space like when i as i grew up too like from when i was in high school like i worked with a, a sports psychologist not as in like i had anything major like right. what happened but it was just more of like, I was trying to create every edge that I could get and mm-hmm. baseball so mental. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I felt like I was really equipped. Like I know how my mind like works as far as like thought process, as far as like getting yourself in a good space. Like if you are anxious, like these are the exercises you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, I'm dialed on that, you know, yeah. like, I've been doing that for years, for years and years and years. But uh, as we'll get into in a sec, like, there's a big difference between like you're a little bit anxious and then you like have the resources to deal with that and then like actually dealing with like a mental illness right Right. like that like completely different and it's like nothing that I've ever dealt with before it's I haven't even been I felt like close I've had some struggles in my life as is everybody you Mm -hmm. know what it seems like is that and from my perspective too is what you did such an amazing job of was you were you were someone who believed in maintaining and 
um, working on your mental health, even when there wasn't necessarily some issue that you needed to fix, right? It was like, hey, let me go in and be able to talk about what's going on, like big or small, and just be very in tune with like where I am mentally. Because I think what some people overlook is that when things are going well, you also could, you know, that's also a good time to go to therapy sometimes or be talking to a psychologist because you also want to be able to like recognize and replicate like what's going well and and what's happening when you're doing well so that's cool anyway i think that's i think it's like with everything in life like i at least for poker especially like when you're in an upswing like you should be wanting to work harder right. than if you are in a downswing like right. I, I definitely become guilty where like i want to work twice as hard to like get out of the downswing yeah right? well it but makes like right know, sometimes i just do enjoy the moment well and it's like so. singers like professional singers like when you're good that's when you take lessons is when you're when you're good you're like okay now i need to take lessons because i want to hone in on that perfect it like it's like, I mean, you obviously can take lessons when you're not good as well, but people people naturally might think like, oh, but you're a professional singer. Like, you don't need lessons anymore, but it's kind of the opposite. Like, that's when you want to... Well, especially with baseball, like, I was never the most athletic guy, and I just wanted to be good at other things that, like, people didn't really work on. And, yeah. then, you know, I mean, I had a, had a pretty good college career, but... Um, you know, that's, like, some of the stuff that helped me just, like, really get mentally honed yeah. in and... You know, I felt like I had an advantage that way. And, like, I feel like I've always been mentally tough. Like, that's the thing. Like, I've, I've been through a lot. I understand. Definitely. That, like, people, you know, things don't – things aren't shitty forever, you yeah, know. But, exactly. Yeah. Anyways. So then what changed? What happened? So you said you moved to Vegas. Okay. So I moved to Vegas, and this is – I moved to Vegas, uh, like, late February, like, right before everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a roommate, but he wasn't here. He was quarantining uh, out in Seattle. And uh, I was quarantining alone. And like, the thing is, you know, I ended up starting getting uh, pretty lonely, you know, but I was also ingesting, like I would take a lot of pre-workout. Uh, I would, and I have a script, but like I was taking Adderall and like pre-workout and just like having way too much caffeine. I would like go on my computer, I play all day. Yeah. And like, I, I'm, I'm very, you know, I, I have a kind of a, a gas tank as far as social stuff goes, right? Like I. When I'm on F, like I want to be around everybody, but like as soon as I get to E, like I need a little time to myself, totally. you know. But I, but I am somebody who is very social, right? Yeah. And when I when you took that away, I mean, I didn't see anybody from March until mid May, like yeah. nobody, like yeah. yeah. But besides besides going to uh, the grocery store, like that was my social interaction, like calling mm-hmm. people and. Uh, my, you know, my dad, who's like very knowledgeable and smart with like all of this going on, like he told me, he was like, you know, you need to be really careful, especially on the head end with Corona. They're like, you know, we, you know, you don't, you really don't want to get this. And, you know, I, I take his word very seriously just because he is so smart and like very knowledgeable. And so I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to get Corona. I'm just going to stay in isolation. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to yeah. quarantine with anybody. Which was, which was good. Well, yeah. Well, what ended up happening was, is um, my ex-girlfriend came out um, in May and with her brother and, and sister it was kind of an overload for me of like social it was good to see her like at the time like don't get me wrong but um i just i it was i was having a normal day okay and then i ended up just like standing i was like studying on my computer i stood up and like i started getting like the hot flashes and feeling like i couldn't breathe and like i was like nauseated and i was like i, I immediately thought i was sick you know? Yeah. And I ended up like starting to throw up and I was just like, this is really, really weird, you know? But the thing is that was pretty messed up is that like it lasted for like three days where like the next day afterwards, like I felt, and this is like the only way to describe it. I felt like I was going to die, like straight up going to die. And I, I just, I was so like, it was like this, just this monster that came over me where I, couldn't even really leave my house like whatever like i was dealing with some shit for three days three days later it went away okay Okay. wait so pause 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 yeah so to recap you had just moved to a new city where you literally already didn't know anyone maybe a couple people but you literally couldn't see anyone you're in a new spot you have to isolate and quarantine and you're a pretty social person. So, you know, right away there's like that loneliness of isolation. Just ingesting too many stimulants right. too. And like right. being stressed out, like especially in Vegas, especially when you remember this thing started, 
yeah. when it was two weeks to slow the spread and then it wasn't like that. Right. We thought it would be with, right. Well, then it started coming out with like, oh, well, now it's we have to wait until we find a cure. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm not making as much money. I'm stressed right. out because it's like, of course, you know, how long is this going to take? There's all these know? extra like, stressors on top crazy. of. Yeah. And you know what? I think what's so interesting is just like hearing so many different people's kind of experiences with all of this because everyone kind of went through these same exact motions of like, oh, it's we're only going to be isolated for two weeks. Oh, now it's a month. Oh, but now like it might never go back. Oh, now it's open. Now it's closed. Like all of these things everyone has experienced, but everyone's situation and reaction and whether you have a job or not, like is all completely different. And so it's nuts. I feel like it does things to you that you don't even realize, which I guess we're about to talk about. So then when you started feeling sick, what was like, so your first reaction was like, Oh my God, maybe I have COVID or was it like, just, I'm sick. I don't know. Well, I thought, I thought I was just, so I thought I was sick. And then like, I thought I was getting really sick, but the problem was like, I didn't have a fever Yeah. and I didn't really have like the conventional chills. And then like four hours later I was fine. So then when you were fine, what went through your head? Like, Oh, I must've just had a little bug. I thought I just like ate something bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I thought off the head end. Um, and then like, I was, I was going through stuff for like two or three days where like, I mean, I had to get out of the house. I was like in my car. I was like calling my dad. I was calling my mom. I was like, you know, I, I, I knew by like day two, I was like, something's wrong. Yeah. You know, something is not right. And I ended up, you know, I ended up thinking it was like my electrolytes. You know, I'm moving to the desert, especially you know, yeah. working out in the desert. And, you know, I was doing a lot of running and stuff. So I thought that uh, it was like something to do with like dehydration, you know. So I'm, I'm basically mm-hmm. doing all these things that are like trying to help me out. Three days later, it goes away the people who I was with, they left. Yeah. And then like a week later, I woke up like middle of the night, like called my dad. I was like, I think I have to go to the emergency room. Like, I think I'm having a heart attack, like some crazy stuff. You what, know? what happened and initially? Like you, you woke up and you felt, you woke up and you just felt like you were literally having a heart attack, like couldn't breathe. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. So like leading up to the days prior, I started feeling uncomfortable where, yeah. um, I started, you know, getting these really thick, like heartbeats. I would get dizzy Yeah. and, and I like knew something was up and I was like, you know, like you were fine, you know, three days ago or whatever. And then shit like hit the fan where like, I almost went to the ER twice. And then yeah. my dad was like, you're just having a panic attack, like go to urgent care, like get some, some blood draw. Like you don't want to go to the, you know, urgent right. care. like I'm, I'm sure that you're not like, you're, I know that you're healthy. When your dad said like, you're probably having a panic attack. What did you think about? Have you ever had a panic attack in your life? Never, never, not, yeah. not one time and not even close either. Like, I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I've been in some pretty stressful situations and like, I've gotten anxious, but like never once has it been like that. So you didn't even you probably know? know what that would feel like. No, I thought I was dying. Like, straight yeah. up, and that's the craziest thing. And it sounds crazy, it, especially at that time. Like you are convinced that you're going to die. And that's the only way for me to describe it. And it's not like you even being in your own head it's like i it's not situational it's i could be stressed out i could be not stressed out i could be doing something fun i could be doing something i don't like and it's it's all fair game for like this panic attack monster Mm -hmm. you can just get drilled out of nowhere the the worst panic attack that i got like post the first like couple waves i was at lunch with three of my friends from the gym and then like i immediately like you know i i started just freaking out basically and like the same thing it's like you just feel like you're gonna die straight up wow. you know and, and and that was like the that was the first wave of when i started having stuff so anyway so i I'm, i immediately called this guy who like he, he prescribed me medicine in the past well he's a psychiatrist so he's not he's a psychiatrist. for, yeah, for no, clarity like, there's not just this yes, random dude right. throwing meds yeah, at no. you yeah and i would i would rely on medication either too so like just to be clear too like i honestly at, at this point i had to call him you know like how many times did you experience what what ended up being a panic attack but did you know at the moment that it was and how many times did you experience this before you said i need to call my my psychiatrist so after that first initial three-day period i I went a week and then i started getting progressively uncomfortable and i ended up like waking up like i think that third day like feeling like i had to go to the emergency room like for real and that lasted probably two days where i mean not like okay so it would be weird so i would wake up be in this total panic mode and then by about four o'clock and i would have like six hours and and i would like at four o'clock 
I would feel completely normal again. Mm -hmm. So then I like knew like what I was dealing with. But the problem is, is that like when when this energy comes over you, like there's nothing that you can do to right. like to 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 help yourself out. Basically, like I mean, I, I I read up on it. I like knew the stuff that I had to think about mentally. But sadly, like it didn't help. Like at yeah. all, especially like, in that state. Like if you're having, if you're like, if if I were to go back to that uncomfortable place, you know. Yeah. Um, you can, you can reason with yourself and have some tactics where like you can really help yourself out. But when you're actually like, when in you're experiencing mode, it, there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you can do until and yeah. you have to wait for it to pass. And it was bad. So it's like those, that, that first week. So I ended up calling my psychiatrist. I ended up getting put on a medicine called Lexapro. Um, and I was so sensitive to medicine. Like I normally people take like 20 milligrams. I was on three. Yeah. And I guess my body's just so sensitive to medicine. And like, I had a bunch of side effects with it, which we don't have to like go into. I don't think they're like that important, but even getting on the lecture, it takes a while for that stuff to work. Right. So I couldn't even leave my house like at all. So you yeah. go from like basically feeling like you have the courage to do, do anything that you want to do to, I can't leave my house. I was having like these crying attacks like whatever like and that's like and i mean just out of nowhere like just just emotional reaction it wasn't even how i was feeling i like really sympathize with even and i'll and i'll be the first to admit too without like having to talk about who it was or somebody on a, a baseball team who had panic disorder mm -hmm. um and we were coming back from a trip and it was the end of a, a long road trip and he, he like ran out of his medicine or something he ended up getting a panic tire from the bus and we had like an eight hour trip coming back and we had to stop the bus like six hours in to like basically have him get out of the bus like walk around me and i'm sure like a lot of people I and mean, we were talking shit on the bus being like are you kidding me like we're like an hour and a half from being home like just relax you know nothing's going on you know yeah you know it's tough i mean to it's understand. very insensitive but it's like you know when you're when you're younger too it's like yeah it's tough to understand but especially as i was like going through it like i i thought about all those times of those people that like i've ran into who have had issues where absolutely I'm just like, you know, oh that 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 sucks. Like, you know, that's not me. And you, you never really feel like stuff can happen to you until it does, you know, especially when you're younger, you think you're like invincible until like some shit really hits the fan. Oh know? yeah. Well, so. actually that was a very similar situation with me. I've, act I've never had a panic attack, but when, when it came to my kind of six month period of having extremely severe anxiety, it felt the same as what you're saying where like, I did not truly understand the meaning of anxiety and what that was until it happened to me. And it's almost just like yeah. you get hit with a ton of bricks where you're like, oh my God, this is being anxious. Like this is what that is. And you just know. And it's like before yep. you experience it, it really is hard to understand the, the... And same with me in terms of like my parents who are both psychologists were telling me like breathing exercises to do if I was feeling anxious or all these things. And like in that moment nothing helped at all like yeah, nothing helped yeah. and you're just sitting there and you're logical and you're like okay adrian what the heck you are a mentally stable human being like just breathe do what they're telling you trust the process and it just like sometimes doesn't work and yeah i totally yeah. know how that feels and it's it's cool that i mean you know it's not like i wish anyone to experience any of these issues but it is it is cool to be able to look back and say like you know that you now understand what that guy was going through and that you know, like no one should have to feel bad about experiencing this and it's not anyone's fault and you're not alone in feeling that way. Yeah. That first week after like the second time where I was going through it for almost like maybe two weeks and I believe that like I was going to find something that was going to make it better. Right. Yeah. But at the time when you're panicking, like you don't know that mm -hmm. really, like you're kind of lost in like what's actually going on. And I'm just like, you know, how if I had to do this every day for years and years and years and years, where like, like luckily there's treatments, yeah. like if it was like the 1800s, like I have no clue. You're like, like I couldn't do it. I'd be doing. No, I'd totally probably not. Probably yeah. not. It's really scary. I mean, that is also just yeah. what anxiety is. It's like it's really hard to see it ever being able to stop and and like getting help. Like it's it's hard to actually believe like oh I could I can control this because when you're in that yeah. moment, it feels like nothing would help. And you, all you can For think sure. about is that, and honestly, that's what anxiety is, is your brain just spiraling, spiraling, spiraling into all of these like worst case scenarios. It's really hard to actually think logically when you're like in the middle of having an anxious, you know, bout or a panic attack. The so. thing is that was really difficult for me too. So like I, especially coming from like a, a baseball background, it's like mental health and stigma is just like, it's just not great. You right. know, I, I, that's a bad way to describe it. It's just frowned upon. Like, you know, like 
especially being vulnerable as just like a male in the sports society until probably the last couple years where I think like mental health stigma is like, you know, people are really starting to open up about it. Uh, you know, it was something I was always taught to kind of bottle in and whatnot. Yeah. And it, especially like with like, even when I, I was pretty vocal about it with some people, but the problem was like, besides even my parents, like my mom was like, you know, it's going to be fine. My mom has to say that like my, my dad's like, oh, you know, it's going to be fine. But they, both of them didn't understand. Right. All my, all my friends that like, I mean, I only talked to like a couple people about it, but they didn't understand you know like yeah. without ruffling too many feathers it was like it was like nobody who i really knew understood and there was this there was this girl who went to my junior college who was it's like very public and like very vulnerable but like her journey with stuff i mean does not hold anything back and i just remember like looking at her stuff being like wow like this is pretty deep you know but like like stuff about mental health yeah panic attacks like mental health yeah. like, i ended up reaching out to her uh, and i hadn't talked to her for like six years but at the time i like didn't have anybody to talk to you know besides my therapist who like i feel like didn't really know me that well but i ended up reaching out to her and she was like super 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 nice like i i was pretty blown away like I, especially because i reached out to her because i was like you know what does it matter like what this girl thinks of me like I, I don't know her that well you know yeah and she ended up she ended up being like probably my biggest support system through that like first month you yeah. know immediately I ask her and then it's like she's checking in like every every day on me basically and she's like hey this is what's helped me like like I've gone through panic attacks or like I've ended up in the ER like I've dealt with this shit so like immediately I'm asking questions and like she's being super kind about it you know part of the reason why i want to go on this podcast was because like if it wasn't for her like i'm sure i would have gotten through this you know no matter what you know but she like really helped me yeah and and that's just like some some person that like i didn't even really know that well just through her social media like she helped me a lot i ended up posting when i started getting better like in late july inspired by her like i ended up making this big post myself and i had a bunch of people reach out to me and yeah. I wouldn't have even reached out to her if I wouldn't have seen that because how would have I known? Yeah. And there was a bunch of people that I saw and it's like, I've been helping people too. Like yeah. a lot of people. Like, like I mean, I've had, I had over like 25 people I think yeah. messaged me when I made that post. And, and I've been, you know, checking on people, like even people that I know, people that I don't like that well. And it's like, it really rattled some people because it's like, I don't, I've, I've never done anything really like I've not. You haven't spoken out on anything like that. And I think that's part of the reason why she helped me out so much is that like, you know, she understood the nature of the beast. That was really, really big for me. Wait, hold on, pause. I mean, you said a lot there and this is, I love it. Something yeah. that really sticks out to me a lot is just the importance and the power of speaking out and not necessarily even speaking out, like you don't even have to speak out, but just speaking up to anyone about what you're going through mentally because bottling it in, I think is one of the worst things we can do. You know, I tend to hear nowadays stories exactly like yours where people hear that someone else was struggling with it and they realize, oh my gosh, that's what I'm struggling with. I didn't think anyone else would ever understand. And then they get to connect with that person and, you know, all of a sudden realize like they're not alone and that, it's so important to be vulnerable and speak out. Well, to help in general break the stigma around like talking about mental health. And this is entirely what our mission is with The Shift, which is that kind of movement and series that I've been working on for years um, around mental health is to stop the stigma and like help facilitate and start conversations about it. Just because simply the act of opening up to anyone about what's going on with you is is therapy for you in itself. But then secondly, yeah, there is such sure. a butterfly effect where the second one person opens up, more people as you as you learned, like the second you saw her open up and then you kind of opened up to her and then she was the, able to help you and then y you opened up and then um, like a million other people opened up to you and it's this butterfly effect where everyone all of a sudden feels more normalized. It's like, oh, what I'm going through is not weird and it's not and it is okay and it is more common than i think it's just so important i think for everyone to really realize that what they're going through like they're not the only one and that there is a support system out there for you and that for everyone the way that you're going to cope and get through it is going to be different like i want you to take me back for a second though back to when like you first called your psychiatrist and they put you on medication that you ended up not vibing with so i want to know like part of this whole like I think message of this episode is that, you know, you went through this really, really hard time and, and 
who knows, it might not be permanently over forever. This might be a new normal for you that you've had to cope with and deal with. But I think it's so important to like hone in on like the fact that you didn't give up looking for help. You didn't give up trying new strategies and new coping mechanisms in a time when it feels really impossible to, to keep trying, you know, to keep like trying to fix it. Like sometimes you just feel like it's not going to be fixed, especially amidst this insane COVID quarantine isolated year already. Like I'm sure having to deal with that was like just a lot. (laughs) What went on like after the medication kind of didn't work and you're like, I need to go off this. Well, it did work initially. So like it, it worked initially, but the problem was is that like, I basically had this blanket of numbness mm-hmm. where like it, it, it took away the panic, you know, thank God, whatever. I went home once and people who I hung out with, they were like, and you, and you know, like I have this big, I would like to say vibrant personality, you know, there's just mm-hmm. a lot going on, you know? Yep. yep. And, and, and when I came home, people immediately were like, Hey, like, are you okay? Basically, you know? And like, I lost all my empathy for like everything. I, yeah. I would consider myself very empathetic to people, very sympathetic. Yeah. And I just became emotionless. I basically became a zombie, Yeah. basically a vanilla zombie. And I like, wasn't social like whatever i was really spacey every day like Mm -hmm. like really spacey and when i would like have a alcoholic beverage like singular like one i mean my mentality would just like go off the wall you know i was on this for three months so this was like in september this is like yeah this is like september 2nd i I immediately was like you know i'm doing better i want to try to get off this medicine because i was only on two milligrams at this point like even went down on it a little bit and my psychiatrist kind of gave me the green light and he gave me some stuff immediately like four panic attacks if i were to have them i I never i to this day i haven't taken it for almost a month and a half and i was doing i was in a really good space i was doing you know so i was spending a lot of time in nature i was i was creating some more balance in my life like you know i was doing my thing like i was just like being around people that were very positive for me you know and there was people that, that I've met, like whether it was in poker or if it was in like working out, like, it, you know, one of my friends who I work out with uh, over here in Vegas, like 6'3", very good looking, very strong. You would think like a vibrant guy. And like, I don't know how exactly we, you know, what the segue was when he was talking about it, but he told me that he like dealt with depression and stuff. And that was like pretty floored. And I think that some that's some of the reason why people reach out to me because I feel like they were pretty surprised that I dealt with shit like this. But the thing that it is, it's like a mental illness, right? It's like an illness and you have to treat it like one, you know? And it's like, it can hit anybody from anywhere and you just have to like deal with it. And it doesn't, it's not biased, you know? It's like, it, it can just drill anybody. Yeah, and you can't I was see it. Surprised. You can't look at someone and think, oh, they're fine. Everyone has their battles. Especially with friends, like just naturally, like if you're around somebody and one person's like super happy, go lucky and vibrant and like, someone is like pessimistic and like looks like they're going through a hard time if they were to go through something and say something i would be less surprised to hear that person say something than like the vibrant super totally vibrant happy person yeah i think a lot of times i've been surprised so many times and i've learned that i can't be surprised like you can never know it does what someone looks like how they act how they talk to people does not mean that they're not suffering and struggling behind the scenes and that's that's, i think the scariest part about mental health is like you just never know. And you have to treat each person with kindness as if you don't know what they're going through. Like they might act like they're so happy all the time, so totally doing fine. And they could be the most depressed, like struggling person. And I think that's what's scary about it. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And um, just like to, to end that little conversation, like I ended up getting off the medicine in September, but I mean, I was only on three milligrams and it took me about five weeks to make myself feel better. But I went like cold turkey, like no caffeine, uh, no alcohol. I didn't smoke weed a whole lot, but it's legal here. Um, but I, I cut all those things out. And like, even now, like I'm very sensitive, like caffeine, like if I have like a, a, a tea, like I don't necessarily get panic attacks, but I, get uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh and that's the same thing even with like a glass of wine like i get uncomfortable caffeine and- can actually make me anxious as well and i didn't know that i actually had the same thing happen where like one day randomly a couple years ago i like had coffee and all of a sudden got so anxious and called my yeah. doctor um because i have adhd and was like i'm having the worst anxiety and he literally mentioned like caffeine especially if you have adhd 
or you're on a stimulant can just like heighten everything, can heighten your anxiety by a lot. And I like didn't know that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm careful about caffeine as well. Yeah. And just, you know, just trying to create balance. I think that's like one of the bigger things too. Like I was just grinding a lot and, you know, work out, go play, go study, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's important to like do stuff that's like fun too. Like try to, you know, do stuff that you enjoy and there's just like a lot of things that like I, I do a ton of meditation I do a ton of like yoga I try to get out in nature you know all that all that stuff is just healing for the brain you know it's healing mm -hmm. for the soul and I think that you know just my opinion on panic especially like you know I've had some stuff that I think that I've bottled up for years and years and years like stuff that I've had to deal with and uh my, my mom especially it was just like you know I think that this is just a lot of you like processing it having it just come out sideways which is you know, along with all the stuff that I was ingesting that, yeah. you know, I, I, I it's definitely self-induced. Like, I definitely think that, you know, having 600 milligrams of caffeine a day is just like definitely not good. Yeah. And when I cut that out, uh, things got better for me as well. First of all, so how are you, how are you now? And are Great. you experiencing panic attacks now? Uh, I would say yes, but like on a scale of one to 10, it's like at a three or four. I'm so happy that you're doing so much better now. And I want to just back up a little because I think we brushed over one of probably the most important parts which is like what do you think actually led you to be better like to feel better and to be to feel like you can take this on because there was a point when you felt very hopeless like I don't know why these are happening I thought I was better I was better for a few months and then I got another panic attack and like feeling like discouraged and like not understanding when they were happening and why and so like did something was there like one moment or one kind of thing that you did that helped you um feel more in control of it or at least like gave you hope again that you will be okay yeah i mean I've, so i've gotten uh cbt uh, cognitive behavioral therapy I've, I've been doing it now like anywhere between like every week when it was really bad and then uh every like two to three weeks when things mm -hmm. were going good um but as, as far as like feeling better, I mean, I think naturally like things get a little better as they get treated, right? Like, I mean, the, the tincture of time, so to speak, is like, you know, it definitely helps as far as this goes, at least for me, you know, I'm not an expert, but uh, just from my experiences, like, you know, times helped, like me recognizing that I'm having like a panic attack, you know, it, when you have like this stuff happen all the time, eventually you like recognize that you're right. having a panic attack. So learning and then, to you know, recognize you know, I, and I, I mean, be... I've, I've been, yeah. yeah, I've done a lot of research on it too, where just, you know, when I'm having a panic attack, what are some of the strategies to help cope like while you're having a panic attack and some of the things that helped me, some things ha haven't, I, I'm sure that's how it is for everybody, mm -hmm. you know? What are um, some of the things that have, but, like meditation and eliminating well, all of the stimulants? Uh, yeah, yeah as, as far as like how to get better long-term or like while you're having- Well, just what you said, there were a lot of coping strategies that helped you. Yeah, both both in the middle yeah. of it, in the middle of having one and in general, like what what, what are just a couple examples of ones that have helped you? Uh, so I guess while I'm in the middle of a panic attack, there's, uh, there's a strategy where it's, it's fine. Find one thing that you can see uh, one thing that you can smell, one thing that you can taste, and two things you can hear, I believe. Yes, my um, parents tell me where, that one all the time. Yeah, and and it, it just is a lot. Like, it really helps you just, like, shift your focus to, like, what's going on, right? Like, when I'm busy, even when I was going through these panic attacks, like, that, that second wave where I initially was able to, like, go out of my house and, like, mm -hmm. go back to start, you know, doing stuff productive, it wasn't until that I was done with my whole day where I was like kind of trapped in my own head yeah uh when I started feeling bad again so like when you distract yourself and that's the whole thing with the the one thing you can or the one thing you can see two things you can hear one thing you can smell and one thing you can taste well that's really um, interesting because obviously with COVID and isolation that's another just reason right there why it can heighten a lot of these mental health issues is because you are isolated you're not able to distract yourself as much so once you were yeah. able to start like getting out there a little bit more and like thinking about other things and not just sitting in your own head, only thinking about the panic attack that you're having. Cause yeah, I think that's one of the most important things is just trying your hardest to take your mind off it. But it's tough when, when there's not much around you to be able to yeah. think about. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and just cl closing your eyes too, and like trying to contract all your muscles at once and then, mm -hmm. you know, releasing and doing that for like a, a four second inhale, four second contract and then eight second ex exhale. Um, yeah. that's helped me as far as when I'm, 
when I'm not panicking, I do a ton of meditation through Prime Mind, um, where, you know, it just takes you through some guided meditations. And for me, at least, it's like, you know, it, they basically put you in a hypnotic state and then you go into this control room in your mind and there's an anxiety dial. And like, you try to think in your mind of like, okay, like, where's that anxiety dial? And like, I visualize myself like grabbing the dial and like shifting it to the left. And the, the, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, That's some cool. anxieties, I would actually argue that some anxiety is good, not panic, but some anxiety is good. Like if you, I feel like, especially, you know, if I'm, if I'm playing poker, you know, if I was, when I was playing baseball, like I feel like a, a heightened state of focus requires a little bit of anxiety. You know, when I think of like my anxiety dial, like I don't want it to be on nine, you know, mm -hmm. but if it's on two while I'm doing something competitive, like I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, I think that when you're too relaxed, I don't, you know, I mean, think about it, Aid. like when you're, you know, doing something productive, if you're, if you're in like a big time interview, you know, you're just naturally going to be a, in a little more heightened state than if you're like totally tanning with your friends, you know, yeah. and I think that's important. Uh, I, think I think there, I think one of the biggest lessons, edge, so. one of the biggest lessons I had to learn was the difference between like nerves and anxiety though. Cause like, I would argue like, I never yeah. want to feel anxious, honestly, never, but having like some adrenaline and some nerves and some like, just, yeah, me, that, that heightened. Anxiety, though. I mean, at least to me, like in my I mean, it, verbiage, yeah, yeah, I yeah. what you're saying. It's the yeah, same. It's We're like, saying the same thing. Yeah. It's sometimes, it's, sometimes it's beneficial to have that little bit of like adrenaline and, and nerves and yeah. So, yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, even part of the reason why I wanted to come on and, and part of the reason why I've made posts, you know, whatever it's that, like, I think it's important to like show vulnerabilities of strength. Like just because I deal with this, like, doesn't mean that I, I'm not ashamed of myself at all. Like, I think that everybody, you know, we all don't go through life without dealing with some shit, whether yeah. that's monetary, whether that's relationships, like, a, you know, someone close to you passing away, mental health, you know, whatever. And like, I used to be somebody who especially like in high school and like towards I would say most of college if not all of college where I, I was somebody who was really susceptible to caring what other people thought about mm -hmm. me even if that was somebody who I didn't even really care about what their opinion was myself I was like so engulfed in it um and I think it would just came from a pretty bad place of just being insecure myself where you know I would, I would let somebody in like a in a high school class that I didn't care about. Like he would say yeah. something, it would ruin my day. It yeah. would ruin my day. And 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 now that I've, I, I feel like I, you know, there's, I still don't think I know a lot. And hopefully I look back on this when I'm 30 and I think like, oh man, when I was 27, I didn't know anything. I hope that when I'm 33, I look the same thing when I was 30, yeah. et cetera. But, you know, compared to where I was at when I was 21 and 22, like I feel like I'm in a way better space. I feel like I'm yeah. not very insecure. And like when it really comes down to it, like, I care about the opinions of a few people because I care about them, you know? Yep. And then everybody else, it's like, you know, I, I, I couldn't give a shit. It's very freeing. And it's like, I, I would rather help people. And regardless of who wants to think what about what I've gone through, like if I just help a couple people, like, I mean, like I said, that, that girl McKenna, like it, it really changed how, you know, I, I viewed it as very, very brave and it was inspiring. Like, especially after I like got through my stuff, I was like, holy shit, like this, this takes a lot of courage to not only go through it, but like mm -hmm. have the courage to like put it for everybody to see. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that was like the only reason that I felt like I uh, felt as good as I did so fast. And it's like, well, I'm going to pay it forward. And like, I'm willing mm -hmm. to um, share my story, you know, I, I, and I've seen people too, like people who I've been close to when I was in college or whatever that post, you know, some stuff about depression and like anxiety and bipolar, you know, mania. Like, I mean, and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people who post stuff and I'm like, you know, I, I think I'm doing uh, not only myself a disservice because it is, is, it is therapeutic, you know, to just put it out there and to like, not feel like you have anything to hide, you yeah. know, and, and to help other people that it's like, cause when you're going through it, it just really doesn't seem like anything is gonna get better, but it, it just does over, it, it does over time for everything. Time yeah. And now. would you say that like seeing, realizing that other people did struggle the way that you did f helped you to feel like more hopeful about going forward for sure i mean i fortunate for me i only think i went through like one terrible month you know like one horrific month where i mean i basically my life was at a standstill yeah because i was dealing with this um but i mean even now it's like you know things luckily i mean it's just it's it's gotten better and better and better and and uh you know, I'm super thankful for that. How you know, do I'm you thankful for the people, you know, 
who have supported me like through this time for sure. Yeah. What advice would you give someone out there listening who may be struggling, may have a similar situation to you where they never did before and now they are like, how, yeah. how can you stay optimistic when it really seems like everything is against you? Like I lost my job and yeah. it's quarantine and COVID and no. this and that, and like, and I'm yeah. experiencing this and I can't find help. And like, how, what's your advice for staying optimistic during a tough time? I, I think, well, first of all, I think that's different for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But like as, as, as a general thing, at least for me, like for everybody, like I would say like get help, like don't be afraid to reach out. I think there's a lot of people, you know, and, and, I've, and I've had the same conversation with people that I've tried to help where, you know, I'm somebody that I used to just like not reach out at all because I didn't want to inconvenience people. Yeah. Uh, but like even it's a lot easier and it's not inconvenience. Like when I have to help somebody else, it's like, you know, I don't feel inconvenienced. And I, and I try to tell them, I was like, you know, when you have talked to somebody going through a hard time, like, did you really feel that? Inconvenience? Like, no, you know, but you, you feel inconvenient for somebody else. And then yeah. there, and then you bottle everything up. I think that's a huge one. Was, feeling like a burden yeah. to other people. You're reaching out and you're like, Hey, I have a problem. I need to talk to somebody about it. You know, I, anybody who cares about cares about you or cares about anybody, like, will be more than yeah. happy to listen. You know, it's also like and- I would always say, one hundred percent of the time, reach out. And you know what? It's also their responsibility if they are also suffering or maybe they just can't take it on that day because of their own mental health or whatever. Like, it's also kind of their responsibility to tell you, like, "Hi, I love you. I hear you. I want to be there for you. Today is not a good day for me to be." talking about this you know like I would so much rather that someone reaches out to me every time they feel bad like I would rather them feel empowered to reach out to me and have this understanding that if I can't that day like if I just cannot talk to them about it that day that like I will tell them that and you know it's just it takes a lot of just understanding but yeah and then like my other piece of advice would be not okay not only to get help but just like be passionate about getting better. And like, just even though it's so hard, I know that it's hard, like I've been through it, but that, you know, nothing bad or good, like it doesn't last forever, you know? Yeah, pain is temporary. And you have to feel some pain to like, you you have to feel some rain to like see the sun, you know, appreciate the sun. And it's like, it's very, life is just very paradoxical. And like, you just have to be willing to accept like yeah. over the long term that like nothing's going to be perfect forever and like when things mm-hmm. are good try to ride it out and then like when things are bad it's try not going to last forever and uh, exactly and when you're when you're in that space and like it feels so hopeless and you just you feel like that the whole world is crumbling down like just try and even if you don't believe it something that really helped me was just say it out loud like even if you don't believe it just be like mm-hmm. things are gonna get better I'm not gonna last like this forever like and just repeat it and just having a mantra and that's being your own best friend being your own best friend is just so massive it's like yeah one thing that helped me and this is like kind of blast okay what while I was like going through this like I I looked in the mirror I took off all my clothes okay like I was naked like in the mirror I looked in the mirror and I was like hey man like you know things are messed up you know but like you only got one body, like you only got one brain, like you only got one set of hands, you know, like, and you got to rock your shit, you know, like you got one life. <laughs> yeah. You know? But in those moments, like you, you realize like, you know, nothing lasts forever, you know, we're all going to die eventually, yep. you know, and, and hopefully that's not like it. And I, I, you know, without getting too much on a tangent, hopefully there's, there's something else out there, but. Well, and that, um, but I think that it, what's so important, what I talk about all the time on this podcast is that. Yeah. There are facts like that, like nothing lasts forever. We're all going to die one day. And it's our decision and our choice how we choose to interpret that. We can either take that and be like, oh no, that means nothing matters now and I'm screwed and I may as well suffer forever. Or we can take that and be like, no, that means let's make the most of it now. Let's be positive. Let's like embrace this. Let's like live our life to its fullest potential now because yeah, we'll be gone one day. Like it's up to you to take that same thing and either be negative or positive about it. Yeah. And that's why like, I don't know. That's why I'm I'm, I'm, like really passionate about fitness and like just like being healthy and just like all that stuff. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, people have asked me because you know, you're you're not playing baseball anymore. Like why even do this? And it's like, dude, I I just, you have one body. You got to make the most of it. Oh yeah. You got to make the most of it. And And it feels good. And mental body, mind body connection is huge as well. Um, Yeah. And just like having that balance and like spiritual, like whatever you believe, like just be able to connect to like 
your spiritual self, Mm -hmm. whatever you believe in, like, even if it's nothing at all, like just try to connect with yourself on like, you know, at least on a mental level where, you know, you just look at yourself and you're like, Hey, like, this is what I've got. This is how I'm going to cope. And like, things are going to be okay. They are like, yeah, I know, I know you've been through a hard time. I've been through a hard time. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of people out there who have had it not as bad. There's people who have had it way worse, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and just trying to hold a sense of gratitude. I think that's a really par- powerful energy too, of just like, even when things are going bad, like, you know, wh- one of my things was, you know, when I was talking to my dad, I was calling him a lot, like while I was going through these panic attacks, because, you know, he's dealt with people, you know, he's a doctor and he, he's dealt with people in the past. Like when I couldn't talk to my psychiatrist, you know, I'd call my dad, he wasn't working at the time. And, and, uh, you know, he told me, he's like, you know, like, I know that it seems like the world's like crawling, you know, crumbling down right now, but at least like you don't have like a terminal illness. And that's like, so true, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I would rather be dealing with this stuff. It could than, always like, be worse. Who... It, it could always be worse. It could just, like, always be worse. Just trying to be, be happy in the moment. Like, even if I like was going through my panic attacks like that first month or two, just looking up and be like, it's Vegas, the sun's shining, you know, like I can, I have the day off today, like, especially with all the panic stuff, like when I knew that I wasn't working like that month, you know, I'm like, I'm, I can do whatever I want today, even if it like, it's, it's so crippling to like deal with this anxiety and I'm by myself, but I'm getting through this, you know, and I'm, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. like I just ha- having that gratitude, like that grateful energy is like, it, it was massive for me. I think that's yeah. something that really helped me a lot. And, and just like, you know, there's a lot of people who are more private than I am. I feel like I am more somebody that is willing to share and help you know like it's as far as not putting it on social media but like talking to people about it yeah i think one of the biggest things that helped me was just like putting it out there because i feel like when you you're either somebody who hides stuff or they lie like that all bottles up you know that's all completely bottles up just letting it out to anyone having, having nothing to hide and just being like, this is me, I think that helped a lot for me. Yeah, too. it builds confidence like, in who you like, are. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I don't want to feel like I have anything to hide because I'm any less than somebody else because I went right. through a hard time. And, and I, the I, truth- I think that, no, I was just going to say that, like, people, especially in our 20s, like, for me, you know, there's that was a huge chapter of my life gone, like, baseball being gone. And, like, and I felt a lot of, like, somberness like over that like really sad for like a while and that's something that I still have to deal with where you know I had a really good college career and then like you know some stuff was like my fault of why I didn't work out and then there was some stuff that wasn't my fault that I kind of got screwed like unfortunately Mm -hmm. and that's but that's like with anything in life you just have to be if you wanted to make it to the top in any field like you gotta get a little lucky and you gotta have a lot of skill and and uh you just kind of have to accept what what will be what will be like yeah. yeah, but like I mean, I guess fast forward, like I'm I'm doing pretty well, like trying to help others and like, yeah, you know, without without sounding corny, it's like you know, just like doing what I can to pay it forward. Totally. Honestly, you know. I mean, I think that's so. so awesome. It's so cool. I mean, this whole journey, like I'm sure during it felt like the longest, most drawn out. Just like, oh, I can't believe I'm dealing with this. But it's it's so nuts to me that I mean, it's already like October, and we talked like when you first were experiencing this. Like th- it feels like from then till now was also like, oh, no time has passed at all, even though it has. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quarantine. It's yeah, COVID right. Time. Like it's, it's, I'm also like, wow, look at your journey. You've gone through all of this. You've kind of developed your coping strategies. You've gotten help. You've talked to people. You've built up kind of a little community of people who can support you and who are there for you. And um, and you're doing the same for others. And I think that's that's really incredible. And, and I, I would, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would argue that you probably feel a little bit more equipped to like, let's say one of those big, big, big panic attacks did come your way randomly. Right. You know, I feel like even just your demeanor and just your mentality right now, it feels like you would be like, all right, like this is going to suck, but I now know what's going to happen. And I, it doesn't mean that I'm never going to get back to that good place I was in. And, and, you know, it takes time to get yeah, I think I would just be like more optimistic, but like like I said, while you're in the moment of like those really bad panic attacks, like you can't really reason with yourself. Right. But like, but after. But, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it would it would definitely. I feel like how I feel now. And there's, it, it's it's also uncertainty, right? When you're going through that, you're like, am I ever gonna be totally okay again? And now that I'm that I'm okay, that I know that if I wasn't okay for a long stretch, it would suck. But right, you uh, now have something to I, be I, like. I would, I would I would get back to like myself. Yes, you know? this is actually that's funny. I. I actually kind of think about that same thing when it comes to like 
relationships and breakups like being in love and then being heartbroken and it's like I've actually told myself now that I've experienced so many different like versions of that it's like you know it can be scary to like fall in love or have like the best feeling in the world because the back of your head that little voice that little anxiety can tell you like well now you're vulnerable like now you could also because you're feeling the best happiness in your life you could also feel the worst pain in your life and it's like funny because sometimes your brain goes there and for me at least like what I have kept always telling myself is like Adrian, you've literally been through it all like you've had the worst breakups you've been super upset you've been like really sad about stuff and guess what every single time it eventually stopped like you eventually got over it you eventually stopped caring and it so when you're when I am in that moment like I had a bad breakup like last year and when I was in that moment it sucked but I kept literally telling myself like I know with time it'll be fine I'm just trusting I'm just trusting because I've gone through this before and I just have to basically ride it out and just wait (laughs) and like and guess what like that happened I recommend too, like when you're in those that state of mind, I, is is to just feel your feel. This is another uh, psychiatrist CBT thing, but when you're feeling sad and you're feeling upset and when you're going through a hard time, to like try to feel it as as hard as you can and give yourself like a thirty minute window of just like basically yeah. sulk and how you're feeling and then like try to snap out of it because generally when when you bottle stuff up, it comes out sideways mm-hmm. and when you actually feel you. When you feel it, I mean, think about it. when you when you feel a feeling so hard, it eventually dissipates, right? Like mm-hmm. if I were to pinch your shoulder really hard, like for probably ten seconds, it would really hurt. And then eventually, if you just stood there, like it would just start to hurt less. I'm not saying that it's going to stop hurting, but eventually, like it'll it'll it's the same thing with with emotions and mentality. It's you know, you just have to be willing to like work through it. Totally. And the more experience you have, deeply, and then and that'll and that'll eventually dissipate and that's the same thing you you can't like with anything in life you can't um get better at handling stuff if you just like haven't been through it you know you could you could take notes you can make research but until like you actually go through the stuff yourself it's like hard to yeah just get you know you have advice for others and so yeah and So. so what's what's hard for us to do but what i think we need to focus more on doing in the present moment is recognizing those situations like if you're going through something hard for the first time recognizing okay here I am going through this. This is the first time I don't yet have this experience. So let me let me just go through this. Let me ride this out and now it can only go up from here. Like I now next time I've at least experienced it. I know, you know, what I can do, what I can't do. And yeah, it's like going back and kind of being able to recognize now like when you're in those moments. Like the fact that now when I'm going through yeah. a breakup, I can recognize like okay, gone through this before this is now this is what it is feel the feelings and then it will eventually stop and it's true every single time and people like to argue with that they like to argue with reason like no it's never gonna get better no this time's different no blah. and it's like it's not it's not and if you can really just think logically like that like yeah. you've gone through it before and it'll be okay well yeah. well said i love it well, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for opening up and, and being vulnerable and brave. And I love what you said when you said um, that it's important to show vulnerability is strength and like it is courageous and it is strong and it is brave to be talking about these things. And I don't mean that in a fluffy way. I mean, seriously, it, it is helpful to you and to others to be able to talk about your truth because also anything that is your truth, like anything you're going through, anything that is real for you there's nothing in the world that could take that away from you. Like, you know, if you're going through it, it's real and it's there. And so it is no one else's right to judge that. It's no one else's right to, you know, tell you what to do about it or to tell you you're wrong or to make fun of you. Like, no. So. Yeah, well, it's it's also really important, I think, for, for all humans. Like, I think one of the most important ways of, of feeling whole is and feeling fulfillment is being able to help others, you know? Yeah. And, absolutely. and, and that's like, and that's like the big thing. That's actually proven right now is that like in the science of yeah, well-being, yeah. it's proven I'm, helping others. It boosts your happiness more than actually doing things, buying things for yourself, doing things for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I have not read that, but I believe it obviously. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it's important for me, you know, especially like, when I did get help from, from that girl I went to junior college with that I like immediately 
after like seeing her story her helping me out her being willing to like be there and like give me help even though she didn't really know me like yeah. I, I just felt like I had a justice honestly yeah. just like pay it forward and mm-hmm. yeah no I, I I I've been really happy like just with helping people and like it's especially like in the poker world you know it, like it's just it's so money driven and it's selfish and it's like I'm only doing things for myself and sometimes you kind of get lost being like you know what am I doing this for almost sometimes mm-hmm. even though it's like you know it's, it's a job it's a career but it's not like being a doctor where I'm like seeing patients and totally. helping people but you, you know having this outlet of being able to help people go through like a really hard time like how I went through and just feeling like I have made you know hopefully made an impact on some of the people that I've talked to is like made all the difference in the world for me honestly yeah so. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for reaching out to me and wanting to come back on the pod. I really appreciate it. And I hope you listeners out there have, you know, gotten something out of hearing his story and just hearing that, like, really these things can happen to the best of us. I just talked about how I had this incredibly, you know, intense phase of burnout and I was irritable and I felt like something was wrong with me. I was, like, super concerned and almost called my doctor and was just like what's going on I'm not like this this is not right something's off and just know that it's okay it's okay to not be okay things always will get better truly and there are things we can do to you know be equipped to take all those things on so thank you for coming on Dave and yeah we will uh I'm sure we'll be back with a part three in another six months to a year hopefully this time not Hopefully we'll have, you know, nothing but nothing but positive improvements vibes. and vibes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Vibes. Well, thank you so much. Cool. Well, thank you for having me. Yep. All right, you guys, thank you so so much for listening. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I did from talking to him. As always, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined, and you can check out all the links to my socials and everything else in the show notes. I love hearing from you guys, so feel free to DM, to email, any of the above, and I will see you guys next week in a brand new episode. Love you so much. Bye. Bye.